Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. And here we are again with Caroline White, who ran as a candidate for the seat of Clorinda in uh, Victoria's lower house in the, I don't know whether to call it an election or not, but but whatever that was, but I'm, I'm sure we'll get into to thoughts along that uh, a bit later on as this podcast goes. So first off, hello, Caroline. Hi, Cam. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Slowly recovering. Yeah. How's it been? Is it, um, has it all worn off now or is it still sort of the the... Um, endorphins and euphoria from from the campaigning still going through or have you sort of come crashing down to earth? Yeah, I mean, I've been sleeping a lot um, and started to think I was a weirdo but um, was speaking to other independent candidates that have been doing the same. Um, so, yeah, just sleeping a lot and then having to get back into my business because I took a year off that to campaign um, so lots of work to be done over the next few weeks. Uh, I have a dance school, so we're just re-enrolling, um, all the kids for next year and re-enrolling 150 students is always, um, uh, you know, there's more work. I forgot how much work goes into it. So I'll be, yeah, thinking you have, you've got a break, but I'll be, um, quite busy up mm. into the lead up to Christmas, getting everything back on track. Um, but you know, it's, it's been, um, we saw great results, so I've felt quite, um, you know, positive about the foundations that I've made um, and, you know, looking forward into the future. If, if that's what I can do in, you know, three months, I, I didn't know anyone in that electorate. I knew one person, um, you know, and last time I went to the supermarket, three people at the supermarket said, uh, I voted you number one, Um so, yeah, so if that's what we can kind of achieve in, in just a few months, um, you know, what I think what we can achieve moving forward is, um, yeah, exciting. Okay, that, that is awesome. I mean, having a look at, at the stats as we record this, you're on, let's say, just under 8%. Um, you know, I, I think for a first-timer, that's, you know, that, that is a, a spectacular result um, when you consider that, um, you know, the Liberal Party got, what are they looking at, 28 and a half. Um, the Watermelons got under 8% um, and the Animal Justice Party got 2.5%. So, I mean, they're established brands. So, you know, for a, an independent to come out and, and get that spot, um, you know, that, that number I, I think is, is really good. So, um, you know, if, if it counts for anything, um, you know, I, I think you did really well and you should be proud of your, um, proud of your result. Yeah, well, and the um, preferences uh, were redistributed yesterday. Those results came out. And so I came third in the electorate um, behind Labor and Liberal um, uh, with 14%. And, you know, that's more than what the Greens achieved. And, you know, they've had decades of indoctrination and funding put behind them. So, yeah, happy days, happy mm. days. I just, I'm just going to jump on and have a look quickly uh, because we saw, you know, TAC had a 9.1% swing 
um, you know, and I had a 7.8% swing. So I've basically, um, you know, taken a whole chunk off the Labor Labor vote, which is fantastic. I mean, yeah, if you have a look at a primary, a primary vote is 45, um, 45.46 and yet after preferences it's only 54. So she's only picked, is, sorry, is it a him or a her? Uh, the Labor MP? Yeah. As a him. Okay, him. My apologies. Um, just shows you how much attention I pay to the Labor Party. Um, you know, so he's only picked up under nine percent of of preferences, which you know, it's it's not something that you know I'd, I'd be crowing about if I was anyone in the Labor Party. No, no, they'll definitely be. Um, you know, we've we've kind of put them on watch, haven't we? Mm. Um, they won't be happy at all about uh, what we've managed to do there. So, um, you know, and they're not safe on the Greens' preferences either anymore. No. Um, because while a good chunk went to Labor, also a, a good chunk of their preferences went to me as well. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. Mm. All right, let's get down in the nitty-gritty of it. Um, so you, you've been through this and... Uh, you've been through a Senate campaign, so we'll talk a little bit more of the Senate campaign a bit later on. But through the state level, what's your thoughts on you know the, the electoral process, um, how independents are, are viewed uh, electorally, and then uh, in in the wider community? Um, well, so can you repeat that again? Sorry, which bit? Okay, so um, thoughts on the electoral process. So, um, you know, we're talking about how how independents are viewed in the community, and then how inde- independents are viewed electorally. So, like um, within uh, regards yeah. to the, the the VEC and um, how corrupt that organisation is, um, the ability to uh, attract funding, which we know uh, that funding is the lifeblood of all candidates. That's why the uh, legislation skewed in favour of, of political parties because, especially if they're established, they get, you know, two hundred grand a year from the VEC and, and Parliament as be for being a candidate. New independents coming along have got to, you know, do a grassroots campaign with limited funding. Yeah, so we are left on a very uneven playing field. Um, the you know the funding regulations here um, is such that. You know, I only received $1,000 at the most from donors simply because um, that's all they could donate to remain anonymous, Mm. you know, and and people don't want their name or their business, um, you know, associated with the enemy of Daniel Andrews, Um, you know, and then if they didn't want to remain anonymous, we can only get $4,000, um, you know, whereas the unions can funnel as much money as they want into the Labor Party. Um, the, you know, we don't have the access to data. Um, they leave everything for us to, like, so the parties have access to the data. Um, but then, you know, as an independent candidate, by the time they, you know, they leave it all so last minute for you that by the time you get the data, it's useless. You don't have time to use it. Um, even things like, um, you know, like us for, for how to vote cards, they leave it so last minute that, you know, we were lucky we had a printer that hated Dan Andrews. So, 
um, you know, and we had that connection and, and he was kind of ready, as ready as he could be for us. Um, but I know even like the independence out in the rural areas, you know, that was a really big issue for them getting the, the printing done in time. Um, and so, you know, we're also in a position at the moment with the Kingston Council uh, where, uh, you know, they go around promoting the major parties and their pork barrelling um, and, uh, you know, and they completely ignore independent candidates. So, you know, on their social media pages, it's like, oh, you know, the Liberal Party, if, if they get, if they get in government, they're going to do this, this, this and this, $2 million for this and, and then... Um, you know, and then when we raised the issue with them, they said, oh, well, you can, because a lot of our policies, because we're locals, um, you know, we, we come up with policies as for solutions for our communities. And then, you know, within days, one of the major parties kind of grab onto it. Um, and, you know, when we raised the issues with council, um, you know, they said, oh, I'll send us an email. And I know um, Sarah down in Mordialic, the independent there, that, um, you know, we ran as a support team with each other. Um, you know, she she emailed them, didn't get a response. Um, and why, why are the council, when, you know, the roads here are out of control, the rubbish is out of control, and, and yet they're spending our money on social media promoting the major parties and, and throwing campaign breakfasts for them and stuff. It's just outrageous. Um, and, you know, then we get completely ignored by the media, which is fine. Um, I mean, social media works well for us because we can sort of run our own narrative um, and bypass um, you know, the mainstream media, but, you know, also the pork barrelling, like I'm just going to jump on, um, you know, the local MP's um, uh, Facebook page. Here he is, you know, um, uh, where where is it? Um, he put up a post the other day. Um, here we go. So, so um, basically this is what, you know, um, days before the election, this is what he goes around, um, you know, promoting. He's going to give $400,000 to the Lunar New Year Festival, 250000 towards upgrades for the Buddhist temple, um, you know, $80,000 for the Southeastern uh, Melbourne Vietnamese Association, um, you know, $100,000 for the, the Greek community um, and $250,000 for um, the Cambodian Buddhist Association. And, and, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they were buying votes, pure and simple as that. I mean, Andrews has done the same thing with his uh, half a million dollars to uh, one of the Muslim groups um, that he, he got out and, you know, pushed and all that sort of stuff but yeah it's you know it, it's disgusting i mean there, there's no i hate to use the term fiscal responsibility for them because they'll just keep promising promising and then whether they deliver on it is another thing though unfortunately people aren't um switched on politi- polit- enough politically to realize that whatever they promise now they're not going to deliver and then they'll still promise the same thing in four years time and get your vote again 
But well, that's exactly what he did with the um, uh, the the green wedge. Mm. Um, he, you know, p- broke the green wedge promise um, to just concrete it, but then you know went out campaigning again that he's I don't know gonna I don't even know um, do something else with the a different part of the green wedge I don't even know um, you know and then you're right Dan Andrews is running around and it's free this, free that, free this. And I loved, I saw a a tweet um, with a video of um, Daniel Andrews at a Jewish, Mm. um, did you see that one? Yes, And And one of the, um, you know, members of that community there just kind of said, you know, that's not your money to be throwing around. I was like, good for you, you know, at least someone gets what's going on. uh, yeah, you know, we won't forget what you've done over these last four years. And I was like, amen. That's, mm. you know. So, yeah, the pork barreling, I, I, I really have a big, big, I have big issues with it. Yeah, it's it's mm, um, very concerning. Now, what was it? There was... Right at the start, you did mention something. Oh, anyway, I've completely forgotten what it was. I did want to come back and have a bit more of a discussion about that one. Um, okay. No, nah, it's, it's gone. It'll come to me. Um, yeah, yeah, just shout out when it does. No, nah, it's gone. It's gone. Hey, professional radio um, podcasting here. Um, didn't write it'll notes. Come back. Um, yeah, it'll come back. So, uh, okay. You're talking about council promoting major parties and all that sort of stuff. Now, my thing is, um, obviously, it's all the uni party and, you know, as much as people want to think that there's a difference between the Labor and the Liberal Party, we've seen, you know, at the federal election and even at the state election that when it comes to policies being announced, there's not much of a difference. It's either, you know, extreme left in the Labor or, um, you know, half left with Labor light, which is a Liberal Party, uh, you know, and... It seems that there's a bit of a push now to, in in some um, places, to legitimise local governments, which personally I don't think that they've ever been legitimate, so why try and um, delegitimise them? Um, But, you know, it's the thing is that these organisations will always push the party. You know, they will always push the ones that will give them the most. And same with, you know, the Andrews regime that... You know, there's so many people that work for the government or in as a secondary employee of the government, whether it's, as we've seen with the CFMEU um, construction uh, and everything like that, there's so many government buildings going up, so much government work that to vote uh, for anyone else, that's the, gar- the, the current government of the day potentially puts your job at risk. And, you know, I, I think that that creates a, a massive problem there. Um, so... Yeah. Where was I going with that? I was going with that somewhere. Yeah, well. And now I'm having one of those shocking days today. Um, no. But, yeah, it, you know, it, it's the thing. It, it points out a, a problem with with the whole process. Um, and, you know, there is something that, that you did want to talk about that I might jump to now is that um, paper candidates and it's, you know, how many people actually take what we're doing seriously and um, which from from the anarchistic point of view where I, 
you know, I, I think we should be delegitimizing all forms of government rather than legitimizing them by going in and putting a little mark on a bit of paper um, in pencil uh, and things like that. But, you know, I, I've seen a, a growing number of, of paper candidates. What was that like where you were? Okay. And I have a few other things to go back on to what you were saying there. Yeah. I might make notes. But, um, That's right. We, we can come back. Of... We'll come to paper candidates in a minute. So, you, you know, don't fall oh, into my trap and forget the, about it. Just with the, yeah, the way, you know, there was this photo, which I might post on my social media, and it was Dan Andrews and Matthew Guy shaking hands. And, you know, if you could caption it, it would be something like, um, you know, yes, boss, we've done it again for another four years. These, they are working together against our communities um, and it became very obvious in my electorate and, you know, 75% of people voted for major parties. How hard do they have to run, major parties have to run our state into the ground before people are going to say that they've finally had enough of it? Um, you know, you're right. They're, where were the Liberal Party for these last four years? They are not a real opposition and I know they're not a real opposition because on the Labor Party's how to vote cards, I was put, my preference was below the Liberal Party. So that can tell, you know, the local community who the real opposition is in the area. Um, you're right as well. We've got um, you know, I think I think it's a don't quote me, but maybe half a million uh, working for the unions in the state. Then you've got all the public, um, you know, all the public sector, which has just gotten huge and bloated in the state that that'll vote. And these, you know, I was I live in Cheltenham, and I was just my fishmonger in um, in Southland. I love them there, and. They're um they're from the Clorinda, they're from Clorinda and um you know we were having a chat today, um, and you know because we're here they're small business owners and I'm a small business owner and you know their family or you know they're the oldies in their family like my grandfather being the president of the Labor Party, um you know you have your older voters come up and be like oh they're for the workers they're not for the workers. No. No. They shut my business down for two years and then, you know, we're talking because we've got this this SRL that hasn't been signed off on and yet they're here every night doing roadworks, um, you know, and that's a whole other thing that, that Cheltenham's going to become a smart city, um, which is another whole kettle of fish that's just petrifying. Um, and, you know, these construction workers, what it is is they are throwing us all under their bus for their own short-term, you know, financial gains. Uh, And, you know, back in the day, generation or two ago, people wouldn't have done that. People would have stood up for what was right for their communities, uh, you know, and there's just none of that anymore. Um, So... Yeah, so that was that. Um, in terms of paper candidates, we so really it was only the Liberal Party candidate and myself campaigning in our electorate uh, 
Anthony had been campaigning there since January and myself I'd been campaigning, you know, every day for months. Um, and then, you know, just days before the ballot uh, draw, you know, we have about, you know, there were five paper candidates pop up um, and nearly 20% of our community voted for paper candidates. I mean, one of them was a, a young Greens girl who came to a candidate forum but but sat, you know, in the audience because she couldn't speak publicly. I mean, why are, why are we – but that's how, you know, I think that people genuinely don't understand the system. Why would 20% of our community vote for people that have don't fight for our community? It mm. just um, – and then what happens is it ends up splitting the vote um, and I know in some areas – you know, Labor got up because of that, because of the way they split the vote. So are these, are these I call them micro parties because they're not even minor parties, um, you know, do, are they really out for the right reasons? I, I can't help but sort of be a little bit paranoid about it and think, you know, are these people, are they out for the right to get rid of the Labor Party or are they just kind of... I don't know, what are their intentions? Because it doesn't result, you know, the outcomes aren't good from what they do. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, we've, we've seen that um, the, what was it, Sack Dan Andrews um, Restored Democracy or whatever how that party was called, that was a, a set-up party created by the Labor Party to, to funnel um, any anti-Dan sentiment back into the Labor Party. So we know that one was a, was a fake party there to start off with. Uh, it's outrageous. Yeah, outrageous. There's, uh, you know, some stories going around that um, Reason Party potentially created a few fake ones as well to to get a bit more of the vote to funnel back into that one. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those things. Is that yeah, you lose interest in the process because first of all, we know. That, I, I really don't care what anyone says. The, the system's rigged. Um, so call me oh, election yeah. denier or not, whatever. I will prove to me that it's not. I shouldn't have to prove to you that it is. You know, it's up to you to prove that it's not when I can show you for a fact that the open the um, uh, source code for the uh, computer that you pulls out the, the ballot candidates is, you know, that's not open source. So pure and simple, it's got to be rigged there. Um, I, I just hate that. What is that? That's yeah. just go back to, you know, like the federal election where they put the little balls yep. um, in the little, you know, um, spinner and, and, you, and you can see it. I, yep. I, I thought Do a bingo that was style. Just, yes. Yep. Um, that was outrageous. So, That's just outrageous. Yeah, you know, it, it's rigged that. I mean, you have a look at, at the disclosure um, requirements by the VEC uh, and even the AEC. And, okay, this is where I was going with, with you talking about the printing. I've just remembered it now. Uh, things that I was hearing was that the uni party were tying up a lot of the printers that had the capability to print election material to stop um, the, the smaller micro parties and independents finding a a cost-effective printer to print their stuff. So, you know, the, the, the Liberal Party or the National Party or, or whatever it is will go and say, hey, we want all these things. So they've all already tied up the capacity with these printers 
So those smaller parties have to go to a different printer if they can find one because, you know, they were deemed non-essential for the last two years. So if there's any left, um, you know, good luck on them for surviving this long. But it's all part of the process and this goes into why I still believe that the whole system's freaking rigged. Is oh, that, yeah, it's a rigged casino. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, you know you, you're never bet against the house because the house is always going to win. Um, same thing with, with our electoral process. Yeah, um, and it's all different, like, um, you know, the the way they redistribute the borders. I mean, what's that about? Uh, I know because I border on Dan Andrews' electorate um, oh, in Mulgrave. And so, no, but, but what worked out really well for me was he swung, you know, the, the biggest, strongest labour section out of my electorate into his electorate. Um, so, so that actually the redistribution for me probably worked a little bit better um, and why, you know, TAC had such a big swing against him. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there's just so much to it. I mean, just what we're talking about in terms of funding, data, printing, um, you know, pork barrelling, all of it, uh, you know, it all, it all adds up. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, so um, I know even like I still, it'll take me a while to process it. To be honest, like uh, you know the the read, uh, you know the, the pre poll locations. In my electorate, I only had one um, pre polling location, uh, and that was in Ming Heng Tax Safe Corner. Uh, I don't know what that was about. I just can't work it out. And then. But then we had one down on the border um, uh, where a lot of my electorate would have gone as well. And I just, but, you know, I can't put up a sign across the border. But obviously, you know, the Labor Party can have all their, um, you know, their, their, um, uh, signage, propaganda up everywhere. So that was another thing, you know. About a quarter quarter of the voters don't actually vote in the the electorate, and yet as an independent, you can't even put up signs in the other you know bordering um, bordering polling booths. Um, yeah, you know, and there's no um, there's just no transparency. Like the vote counts taken, you know, nearly two weeks, and there's. You know, there there should be transparency with that. I feel like we're we're living. You know, that this the process and the system is like something out of the dark ages. It is. It is, and you know, it, it, it's it's designed. It's designed that way to protect to protect itself. You know, the, the system will always protect itself. Um, and I mean, you know, going back to what you were talking about about putting. Um, billboards up outside of, of the electorate for pre-polling and all that sort of stuff. I mean, we saw Supreme Leader Andrews broke with tradition and voted outside of his electorate and earlier than election day because supposedly him and his family were going to be busy. Like, seriously, mate, you're the one that's they're supposed to be leading this freaking state and yet on election day, no, 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 I'm going to be too busy to vote. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that they're – baffles me with that and that people still voted for the for the so-and-so um so i mean 
yeah, it, it's the thing. It's all designed to protect itself. The 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 uni party has a brand recognition. That's what they're going to uh, to continue to push. Uh, now, speaking of brand recognition, everything like that. One thing that I did want to to, to come back to was you're talking about micro parties splitting the vote. Um, you know, I, ideally, I'd like to see more people on the ballot. I would like to see the electorate engage. I mean, in a perfect world, I'd like to see there no ballots because we've got rid of government altogether and we're, we're you know, self-governing. Uh, Are you a bit of an anarchist, are uh, you, Cam? Mate, <laughs> d- the more, like, uh, <laughs> if it had been, you know, three years ago, I would have said, no, nah, you've got to stick by the process. Yes, it's corrupt, but, hey, you can do your bit. Um, over the last two years, I've, no, government's illegitimate. They get their authority from us. Um, not the other way around and so much stuff going on lately. It's just, no, um, I, I think anarchy is, is the best form, best thing that we can do. Uh, I don't think it's going to, you know, everything's going to burn and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, you will get people that try to take advantage of, of everyone else, but we still get that in society. Um, you know, the, the machine is there to, just to protect itself and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get on that soapbox now, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think anarchy is the best way to go. Let, let, um, let us all look after ourselves. Um, the, you know, let the, let the free market, I'm not going to talk about this, this fascistic capitalistic structure that we've got now, but let the actual free market be the free market and we will have the things that we need at a price we can afford and we will still be able to survive. Well, we've really, um, what was I thinking about? Um, Yeah, I mean, the government is just like here is just a big criminal organisation really and people for the most part are good, are good people and we, we can make decisions for ourselves but as we've seen over the last few years, it's like people have become, people think, you know, like, Dan Andrews and the constant propaganda that spews off his Facebook page, um, you know, it's it's like they've, they think that this is normal mm. for government to control every aspect of your life. This is not normal. Um, and, yeah, I mean, in terms of the people that voted for Labor, I mean, you voted for a government that shot their own yep. citizens. Yep. This is, I mean, this is outrageous. You know, meanwhile, the same people are probably going, oh, look how brave all the Chinese are for protesting. Yep. The exact same thing that we were out protesting, you yep. know, for our basic human rights. Um, you know, so anyone that voted for Labor has is, is given that the okay. Yep. They've given, you know, the type of debt that we're in, the okay, you know, wait ambulance wait times of eight hours, yeah. that's okay. You know, infrastructure projects that, you know, haven't gone through democratic processes, that they've they've said that that's all okay, you know. It's um Yep, and, 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 and this is the thing, they're they're condoning being tapped on the shoulder and said, No, you're not essential. Stay at home. Yeah. No, you're, you know, you're not essential. Well, no, we don't, we don't consider your job or what you're doing, your employment, to be essential. Like, really? And, you know, I never, ever thought I would see a Labor government do that. I thought if it came to it, it would be some, um, 
you know, uh, let's say a, a Kenneth clone who's just drunk a little bit too much of the Kool-Aid, but it's – no, it wasn't. It was, you know, s- someone who promotes, you know, his labour ties and, and his working class bullshit and, and all that sort of stuff. It, um, yeah, I, I never, ever thought I'd see Labour Premier do that and, yeah, as you've said, people have just said, yep, that's all right, Dan. We don't hold any grudges against that. We we're not going to hold you accountable. We'll just vote you in, um, and and that really does. And conversations that I've had with other people, it does make you wonder when you walk around your neighbourhood. Do you look at people I know. and think, "Did you vote Labor? Who did you?" I vote sit for? in my car and I go, "Well, if I'm the one that didn't vote Labor, the one in front of me, the one behind me, yes. they voted Labor." Um, but. At the same time, um, look, you know, people like Ian Cook and myself have come in with months and made a big dent. Mm. Now, the la- the la- so my grandfather was the president of the Labor Party. He raised me um, in, in my electorate. Uh, I grew up in Aspendale. And he, so he worked for them since the 1970s and he was a systems man. That was like his thing. You know, so this has been a very well-oiled machine um, for, you know, half a century now. That's what, so, but the, the fact that, you know, people like Ian Cook and myself have come in as new, new to the game, new to the political game, um, you know, Push, forced into it because of the corruption in our state and we've come in, I mean, he took about, you know, 18% of the first, last time I checked, yeah. of the first preferences. I mean, these are some really good signs. So, you know, we just need to keep doing what we're doing, um, you know, which is getting out into the community, educating people, um, you know, building those, the, the networks, um, you know, advocating for them, supporting them, um, you know, and I think, again, don't quote me, you know, people tell me things and um, I listen. And so I think they say that, uh, you know, on the on the second run as an independent, you can, you know, double that vote at, at kind of at a minimum. So when you start looking at someone like Ian Cook, hopefully he keeps going, um, you know, and someone like myself, if, if that's what we can do in, you know, just a couple of election cycles, who knows, who knows, it's not all, it's not all doom and gloom, but I, it will be for the next four years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, don't let my rants, and, and, you know, none of my rants are, are there to dissuade people from, you know, putting their hand up and, and everything like that. Um, but, you know, yeah. Fully support you if, if you're going to run again. Though, remember that the, the system's designed to get you not to, um, and, and and all that. So, I don't, I don't know. No, I'm like it's, a dog with a bone. Yeah, I am like a dog with a bone. You know, and I mean, the alternative cam is full blown communism. That's where this is headed. So. No, it's not. No, it's not. Just turn around and say no. Screw you and, and your your bullshit policies and, and your bullshit thing. We're just not going to comply. Well, that's that's me, and that's mm. always been me. But unfortunately, we've seen over the last few years that you know ninety something percent of people comply. So mm. 
that's what we're we're up against. Um, it, it won't be you and me will just keep living our lives the way we want to um, because that's who we are. But but you know we have kids. Yep, and what, commitments. What kind of future yep. are they going to be? We have businesses. Uh, well, I have a business. You know what what kind of um, yeah, it's just um, I'll I'll just keep keep going. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, and and as I said, I'm not, I'm nothing. I'm saying is trying to dissuade you on that. I mean, people could say to me, you know, why keep doing podcasts? No one's going to listen. No one's going to pay attention. But um, there was something that I saw from Kevin Sorbo a while ago um, that his his comment was that he's not here to wake up the sheep. He's here to wake up the wolves. And I sort of disagree with that one a little bit. Um, I would have rathered him say the sheep dogs. Um, because they're the ones that protect the sheep, not the wolves. The wolves are there to eat the sheep. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's the thing. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm doing what I can to wake up the other sheepdogs that are out there, the ones that will wake up and stand up and say, "No, this is enough. We will not support your bullshit." Um, and I mean, have a look what happened in New Zealand for a start. Um, that the courts have taken a baby off of parents because they've refused to have the child um, have a transfusion with vaccinated blood despite there being a plethora of unvaccinated people who are willing to donate blood, the courts have decided that no, that's going to happen. And I was watching footage too where the coppers were in there and they took the baby away and like... Fucking petrifying. It is, it is. And um, I was listening... What was it Jesse Kelly? Um, one of the, like he's, he's a bit of a ranter and all that sort of stuff. But but he's turned around and said that because um, he was talking about another um, shop, uh, a restaurant in somewhere in the US that was closed down. I think it was New York or something like that. The coppers have closed closed this restaurant down because of non compliance with COVID policy. So they took the liquor license and all that sort of stuff away. And he's turned around and said that every shop actually might have been was it. T- Jesse Kelly or it might have been Tim Paul, sorry, anyway, whoever it was has turned around and said every shop in that district should turn around and refuse service to those coppers. Now, I think the same thing should apply to those coppers in that New Zealand footage. Every shop in that area should turn around and say to you, no, you're not welcome here. Yeah. We will treat you with respect but no, you're not welcome here. We will not well, serve did you. I, did I tell you the story of, um, you know how we had those uh, – Ring of Steel. Oh, yeah, that bullshit, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, an old older copper got sent out there for a night, a friend of a friend, um, and, you know, they were like, you know, they had a tent that was freezing cold to sit on. <laughs> so sit in overnight, mind, because no one's kind of going through. And, um, you know, so he went up there and he started a bonfire and, you know, had some camaraderie, you know, they're, you know, keeping warm around the fire and, you know, because um, they're all hating what they're having to do. And, and you know, and then a, I think a senior sergeant or something comes through and, you know, made them, you know, uh, just put the fire out. And, and this older copper that had come in from Melbourne said, this is wrong. You have come out here and you're doing this simply just to destroy our souls, that's all it is, you know, and I'm not having a bar of it. I'm never coming out here and working at one of these ever again. So, 
you know, and that's what I'm talking about, you know, a generation or two ago, that's that's what they would have done. They yep. would have just said, no, yep. we're not doing that. And and if everyone just says, no, we're not doing that because it's wrong, then, you know, they've got they've got no no soldiers on the ground to um yeah, to, to push their agenda. And, and you know, you, you said your, your grandfather was involved in the Labor Party and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you have a look at the Labor Party 20 or 30 years ago. They would never have done this. They would have no. never turned around and said their supporter base is not essential. No union would have accepted it. And, no. you know, for, for Setka, the, the, the corrupt individual that he is and every other union that turned around and was complicit in it, to turn around and say, oh, no, we're doing it to protect our workers. Bullshit. I, you no. know, I call bullshit on that. It was just part of their little plot because Sharon Burroughs gets to talk to her World Economic Forum stuff and, you know, Sally McManus wants to aim for her spot or she wants to aim for a spot on the Reserve Bank. Um, so, you know, they've got to do what they can do to keep the system happy. And, yeah, it, it's – yeah, I'm, I'm – going to try and calm down now and get off that soapbox. But it, it just shows you how corrupt things have become and, you know, Yeah, well, it's- we saw, we saw. So I've got, um, so I know a family member of mine is working on the Metro Tunnel um, and he wasn't allowed the job unless he signed up for the union. Yeah. Um, and clothes saw- shops are supposed to be illegal in Australia now, yet here they are. What's that? Sorry? Closed shops. They're supposed to be freedom of association. So you can yeah. either join a union or not join a union. So closed shops are supposed to be illegal, whereas no ticket, no job. But, you know, we know that's bullshit. Yeah. So so that's a thing. Um, and then we saw with those protests um, last year that basically the unions, the government and the bikies are, are who's running this state and they're – they're working together against the workers. Yep. Um, and because I you remember when finally, because, you know, I had my business shut down for, for two years. Brothels were allowed to operate, but children couldn't go to their dance schools. And, you know, I was like, where are the, where are the men? Where, mm. where, excuse my French, but where the fuck are the men? Like, what's going on here? And, you know, and you'd, you'd be protesting and you'd walk, walk past the construction site and that all just stop, stop working and just stand there and just fucking stare at you. And you're like, yeah, good for you guys. Um, and then, you know, the government came for them and the protests, you know, I, I, I sat and watched the live streams of it, um, uh, you know, like for a week. I just couldn't get off the couch. It was like a soap, soap drama. I was like, finally, you know, it's here. Um, and, you know, and it was, you know, they chanted every day and, you know, within a couple of days it had all stopped and I was wondering what happened. I've been told, now this is only what I've been told, but I was told that the union boys went through those live stream video footages, looked found, um, you know, identified everyone that was protesting against the CFMEU and they went round and they bashed them. Yep. Wouldn't surprise and me then, in the least. And so that's that's why, you know, the men protesting um, came to an end so quickly. So, I mean, you know, and again, if, if 
you voted for the Labor Party, that's what you're voting for. You, you're voting to, to support a corrupt union. Yep. You're voting to support bikies, you know, bashing our workers for the government. It's like it's just all too much, I tell you. It is. It is. And, and like, it, it makes you wonder that and, you know, it, it's the thing. You have a look at Eureka Stockade and, you know, have a look at what that was started against, um, you know, what that was started over, um, what happened and, and everything like that. Can you imagine if, let's say, we created, um, you know, a Eureka Stockade or something in Fed Square, just barricaded Fed Square, a couple oh, of people love out it. there? I love it. What would happen? You would you would get the sons of God out. You would get all those other fucking hut hut people um, running around in their, their little bear cats, throwing flashbangs and all that sort of shit. They would go out there and just obliterate it, and yet the corrupt corporate press would just turn around and pat them on the back and just say, "Yep, you did the right thing." And yeah, it, it's and you know it, it's the whole system's fucked. And sorry, we've already broken that barrier with swearing, so I might as well just keep going with that one. Um, but how's the gaslighting? How's the gaslighting? Is. I love I love when like you know a Labor MP gets on the social media and is like, "Oh, the Eureka Stockade when they you know fought up against a corrupt government." You're just like, "Oh, what? Like, yep. <laughs> okay." Yeah, and I mean, can you imagine what would happen if if you know? A couple of law-abiding firearms owners barricaded themselves in Fed Square, created some sort of Eureka Stockade-type outpost there. Can you imagine what would happen? You would have everyone there. We would have our firearms taken off us. There would just be a blanket ban out there and it would just be something that, you know, just baffles me and, and, you know, and, and this is the thing and people wonder why I'm an anarchist when... Like, holy shit, man, this shit should never have started in the first place. Um, and, I love, I, I think if we're going to do it somewhere, though, it can't be Fed Square because you've got the big cop station at, yeah, at yeah. Um, No, I was just at, using at that as Quind- an example. Flinders Street, yeah. just right across the road if we're talking logistics here, Cam. Mm, no, <laughs> no. And, and, of course, you wouldn't be talking about it on a podcast. And as a disclaimer, I'm not encouraging anyone or I'm not inciting anyone to go and do that. I'm just using a hypothetical compared to historical events um, and, and all that sort of stuff. And, I mean, yeah, it, it just... I don't condone it either. No, I mean, I'm not. Um, that being said, um, unfortunately, there does come a time when um, the state whose only thing that they understand is violence because that's the word that they use to intimidate their, you know, the, the, the citizenry, there may come a time where, where that is the only other option. And and by all means, I do not want to see that happen because I think that will change the nature of Victoria, Australia forever. And yeah. by, by no means do I want to see that happen, um, despite my anarchistic views and, and all that sort of stuff. But no. I I don't want my son growing up in a an environment where you will have literally tanks driving up and down the street because they've suppressed us that hard. And and that's yeah. what will happen. As soon as there's there's any sort of armed uprising, the state is just gonna come down so freaking hard. Um we will we will we will see armed soldiers in the streets and that's not something that I want to see in Victoria or Australia. No. Um, but, you know, I remember um, during those protests, remember when they had the anti-terror? Yeah. I still got the image in my head and they're all, you know, all the 
all the um, police officers in their costumes yeah, hanging off the side sons of, of God. the tanks. Yeah, sons of God, um, special operations group, they, you know, pardon the pun, they th- think their shit don't stink, but I think the whole system's fucked. Um, you know, to get port, uh, the public order response team, the critical incident response team and the Sons of God out there, special operations group, is is just fucking disgusting. And for those officers to do that is equally disgusting. And, you know, I say that coming from a military and, and law enforcement background, um, I think that's just fucking disgusting. And every one of them should just hang their head in shame. And, and that footage that was there, with that copper trying to plead with someone saying that he's got no other opportunity, you know, he's, there's nothing else that he can do, well, that doesn't condone it either because no. you're part of, uh, you know, an authoritarian system that has literally killed people because you've taken their livelihood away from them. You've taken their jobs away. You've taken their sense of identity away. And for you to turn around and say, hey, I'm only doing this, I'm only sticking my boot into you or I'm only pushing you along because I don't know what else to do, no. Fucking cop out. That doesn't exist. I, it doesn't hold any water for me. And well, apologies even, about getting on a soapbox and getting a bit emotional there, but that's my views on it. Oh, no, no, you're 100% correct. Even um, because yeah, I live near Southland and I walk there to do some grocery shopping and, you know, during these lockdowns we had games and they were, they were the anti-terror ones in like the commando-coloured police costumes and um you know they they were just harassing us Mm. in games like we've just left our house for the one hour a day to go and do some grocery shopping and you're here like and one of them you know I remember I just turned around to one and was like you know and I I don't even have to I don't even have to talk to you or something like that you know because he kept trying to harass me um and then I saw the the other the other you know the guy he was with kind of grab him and go just leave her alone you know, um, so it just blows my mind. And then you're like, how are we like you know how much debt are we in? And you've you've got what five, six, bloody anti terror police officers standing there harassing people just trying to do their groceries like what is going on here yeah it's just um i mean the whole thing's just been out of control here the day a copper took you know i saw the footage of of the copper picking up uh, taking a a coffee cup off someone to make sure that there was coffee in the cup like (sighs) that should have been enough to turn any rational person around and say hey this has got nothing to do with health this is about fucking control this has gone too far. Yep. This is just going too far. Yeah, um, yeah. It's all got been taken a little bit too far. It is. It is now. Um, apologies about the the sidetrack, but I tend to do that a lot. No. Once I get on rabbit holes and, and soapboxes, I you know do tend to go down that. Um, do you want to swing back to the? Uh, election stuff or is there anything else that, that you you want to get off your chest about anything that's going on and um you know yeah i mean i have i have um issues particularly in my area with the greens um and that's something that needs to be broken down over these this next election cycle um you know, a vote for the Greens in in my electorate was, you know, essentially a vote to concrete the Green Wedge. Mm. 
Uh, so you've got people turning up um, like they're morally superior, uh, trying to save the planet. Um, and, you know, the majority of their preferences went straight to the Labor Party, uh, you know, which is, you know, been so detrimental to our local environment. So we really, you know, um, we need, really need to to just start educating people over these next four years. Um, it was frightening how many people genu- genuinely, you know, didn't understand the system. You know, even people who came out and were like, because um, I was running in the lower house as an independent, and they're like, you know, we did da 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 da. We voted for you. Um, and these are these are people, older people, you know, who kind of maybe in their fifties or so. Seem like, you know, well, I have to say, I, I only get the most intelligent voters voting for me, Cam. Um, and you know, but then we're confused, like because there's the, then the upper house ticket, and I was like, no, you, you, you know, and they're like, oh, good, so we did vote for you, but you know, we didn't understand what was the upper house ticket. So, um, yeah, you know, and I noticed the Greens are trying to push for, um, you know, what was it? Was it sixteen year yep. to, to lower the yep. voting age to sixteen? Op- I mean, optional voting just, for sixteen year olds. Oh. It's just frightening. And, then, and, you know, what has that come off the back of? Has that come off the back of the fact that, um, you know, they, you know, independents like myself and Sarah have come in and taken a big chunk um, of, of the votes um, off Labor? You know, is that then a, a way for Labor to come in and go, well, let's get the Greens to lower the voting age? I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, it is. You have a look at where the youth are. So they're targeting the youth. They've been indoctrinated through six years of primary school, six years of high school into the socialist way of thinking. Then if they go to university, oh, okay, so 16-year-olds are aiming at high school kids. Um, you know, it, it's a thing. They're, with the indoctrination that they're getting through high school, they're more likely to identify or resonate with the socialist viewpoints. Now, they don't want to go to the old and stuffy Liberal Party, so they'll go for the Greens because the watermelons out there pretend to be all environmental and pretend to care about this and to pretend to be, you know, what is it? We want to save your future and no more how dare you's and all that sort of bullshit. Um, and, and that's what it is. And they're, they're relying on the ignorance and actually, no, political naivety of the youth to, to you know, push their votes. Whereas if you have a look at the policies of the watermelons is that none of them are there for a green intent. Um, and you know, no. and, you only and have to go out to the rural areas and speak to the farmers. Um, you know, they, they, they protest the greens on the daily. They leave trucks on the side of the road that say, don't vote greens. So, you know, and these are the people that, you know, run our agriculture. So yeah, you only, um, have to go out to a rural area and speak to them about what they think of the greens policies on our environment to know. Um, and then look at where the, the biggest um, green votes is as well. You know, it's in, um, you know, areas. in, a, in yeah. a city areas that couldn't be worse for the environment, yep. all this concrete. Yep. So, yeah. So, right. yeah, lots, lots to do. I mean, there is. And, I mean, you know, this, you know, I am, you know, willing to put my hand up and admit I'm part of the problem as well and I'm working on becoming part of the solution because, you know, I 
haven't taken the time to, to fully educate the kids that I know and the people that I know on our political processes and, and everything like that. So we do get stupid things like voting for watermelons and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, the, the biggest thing that bugs me that um, people don't push back on is this bullshit view that we're a democracy. We're not. We may have an alleged democratic process for voting, but we're not. that doesn't make us a democracy. We're a constitutional monarchy, pure and simple as that. And, you know, uh, democracies, you know, I, I, when people understand what democracies are, a, an actual democracy, no one would ever wish it upon themselves because it, it eventually ends up in a totalitarian regime, um, not too dissimilar to what Victoria is, though that being said we're still not a democracy because we vote in, I mean, for argument's sake, where I live, the, the, the elected member doesn't even live in the district. She lives somewhere in, in close to town. Federally, in the um, electorate of Scullin, um, Andrew Giles lives out at Northcote, doesn't even live in the area. And mm. yet, you know, supposedly he's going to re- represent me. Like, really? Yeah. And, you know, once again, pushing my anarchistic views is like, really, how, how can, you know, how deluded are people to think that one person can represent, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 people in, you know, in a, a corrupt area where, where you know, the, they shouldn't be in the first place. But anyway, I'll tone that one down. No, um, no, no. I think I think you're right on the right track, though, that, you know, we, we need to educate people to look at who's going to be the best representative for our community. Um, and, and, and we do need to, um, you know, be promoting... Um, independent people um, over these next four years because really we're the only answer now Um, because if you're involved in a political party, you're voting in parliament to keep your job, um, to, you know, keep their agenda going um, and and not for the people. So, yep, Um, yeah. Federally. It's the House of Representatives. It's not the House of Political Parties. So for, for people to vote for a political party is just, you know, you're selling yourself, yourself short. Um, going back locally, um, the upper house now, people who follow me on Twitter know, will be aware that I've had a number of cracks at the Liberal Democrats. Um, I don't believe that they are a libertarian party. They've been opposed to government overreach, which is not the same as being libertarianism. Um, the... State Premier, uh, State President, uh, I think it was, accused me of being a purist. Well, how can you be a purist libertarian? You're either libertarian or you're not. And this is the thing is that I think people need to become aware of and understand the words that they're throwing around, just like democracy, just like libertarian, just like freedom, just like everything else that they throw around. And as you've said, this is a hard four-year campaign that we've all got to educate people onto what these terms mean rather than just taking at what the corrupt corporate press has, has said. And, I mean, f- f- no, fuck, the Age even did an editorial where they called people cookers. Like, seriously, man, this is supposed to be the, the, the fourth estate that is there to hold the the powerful and the government to account and yet they're using some bullshit made-up word to, um, you know, to otherize a whole group of people when, you know, it just shows you the, the the level of corruption, and yet that you know the the corrupt corporate press is part of the problem. They're not part of the solution, and they're not they're not going to save us. And this goes no. for Sky News as well. 
It's oh yeah, it's just disgraceful. I mean, you know, the fact that the premier can get on and you know be talking about um, you know Nazis and racists and you know about certain minor parties when when I know that the volunteers in those parties, I know volunteers from those parties, and they've come from the Philippines. Yeah. They've come from China. They've come from China. Yep. You know, even myself, my great grandparents came from concentration camps, and yet I'm a Nazi. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but again, it's just more gaslighting, isn't it? It's just it's the whole thing's just gotten outrageous. It is. It is. And you know, going back to what you know, I think what we mentioned at the start of the the, the bit that the Liberal Party's not going to save us. I mean, if there had been any leader worth half his salt with, you know, any sort of backbone, he would have turned her up and said, you know, prove it. Don't even don't even pretend to deny it. Just say, prove it. I call you out on your bullshit. Prove it. Oh, but yeah. someone someone had a thing. Well, big deal. We live in a democratic society with the supposed freedom of speech and everything like that. Doesn't freedom of speech apply absolutely? Rather than oh no, you, you yep, you can say that. You can push the the rainbow flag and all that sort of stuff. But de- how dare you have a flag with a whole lot of right angles on it? No, we won't allow that one. But then hey, we'll allow a red flag with a hammer and sickle in it, which has killed more people than that other flag has. But hey, you know what? That flag good. That flag bad. Like, you know, it, it's freaking ridiculous. And, you know, if if Matthew Guy and even um, who was the idiot before him? Um, oh, O'Brien. O'Brien. Oh, God. If they had any intestinal fortitude, they would have turned around and stood up and said, no, we call you out on your bullshit. And yet they didn't. I mean, no. They, they were, um, you know, <sighs> again, they um, condoned what the Labor Party was doing. Yes. You know, they condemned protesting. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm a protester. So, you know, just protesting for my basic, you know, right to work, run a business, feed my family. Um, and yeah, they're just they're just weak, non existent, pathetic. And the whole thing, you know, I mean but then they're just controlled opposition. Yep. So again, totally you know, I, I I worry about like I, I start to think what what are the real intentions here? Um, you know, because I don't trust it. Um, and you know, if they've got any chance of um, having any anything good come out of a future for them, they need complete reform. No, so I reckon let the party dissolve. There's too much yeah. baggage. Get rid of the party. Disband the party create new blood because there's too many yeah. too many egos in there too much bullshit and for, for anyone to think that the, the liberal party is going to bring back um you know mainstream values or you know protect the family you know you're freaking deluded um yeah I, I tend to agree with you and it, it's a thing yep just give it up turn around and say no we're going to start again or even just turn around and say no we're not going to participate about in your process yeah and once again, not incitement, not telling anyone to do anything you want or anything like that, just putting things out there. Um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, it, it's, I don't know, man, there's so much stuff that I could rant about. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. it is, it, it's one of those frustrating that, um, you know, we're politically engaged, we're politi- politically aware, and yet, um, you know, people vote for groups like, 
you know, the, the greens um, because they think they're going to do good for the environment or they'll turn around and, and you know, um, I'm vegan and a lot of their, you know, big things through vegan community, oh, I vote for the Animal Justice Party. Like why would I vote for the Animal Justice Party when Andy Medic got in there because of a, a deal that the CFMEU did with Glenn Jury and then why would I vote for the Animal Justice Party when he's done nothing to, quote, unquote, protect the animals in his four years there? Why would I vote for him when it was his vote that allowed the pandemic declarations to come out, that extended the state, that allowed the Andrews regime to extend the state of emergency. Why would I do that? Why would I vote for someone that is actually giving vegans a bad name because he's just that fucking corrupt and ignorant? Um, Yeah, again, it's just the Animal Justice Party, again, in my electorate just turned up um, for a few days on pre-poll and then... Um, you know, election day and, um, you know, they're just another tool to funnel votes to the Labor Party. Yep, yep, totally that's agree. All that, that's all you're voting for, yep. um, which so you care more about animals than what you do about humans. I mean, it's just bizarre. Um, but, yeah, I know we're going to talk about um, the difference between running in the Senate. <sighs> Bit of a hard segue there. Um, but yeah, all right, let's go into that one. Um, yeah, go for it. Um, so how did you have anything else to say about oh, the animal justice party? I've, I've got a lot to say about the animal justice party. Tell, tell that, me, tell uh, me. That comes from someone who's aware of how they started and everything like that and has been opposed from them, uh, uh, been opposed to them since they, the day they started. Um, yeah, tell me about that. Oh, so. Uh, the Animal Justice Party originally started with Professor Steve Garlick and Mark Pearson. Now, Mark Pearson is hopefully going to be voted out at the 23 election because he, he only got in because he was the last one left when the preference votes, similar to the way it was in, here in the upper house with, with Medic and all that sort of stuff, he was the last one there, so he got voted in. Now, at the time the Animal Justice Party was created, it was supposed to be the thing that all the vegans could support and everything like that because, hey, we're giving animal t- animals a voice. It never was. It was just there because Mark Pearson wanted to boost his profile. Um, he wasn't vegan at the time and um, actually opposed veganism, mocked vegans and everything like that. Um, been to a few events that Mark Pearson was involved in and I I'm, I'm, can say that he's as dumb as a bunch of rocks um, apologies to the rocks because I think there are some rocks that are intelligent. Um, though in Mark Pearson's case, I think he only got to where he was through the animal liberation movement through chance rather than through ability. Um, and then once he got into parliament, my God, it just got worse from there. And um, they corrupted the party that much that they pushed Steve Garlick out and got a whole lot of, whole lot of other wannabe friggin' politicians and career politicians into it um and, and yeah the, the the whole party has just betrayed its roots um it was never set up as an animal rights party it was just a better treatment party so for anyone to turn around and say oh but they're an animal rights group they're not the no. the whole national executive is fucking corrupt they don't know what they're talking about they've set up an animal justice foundation to supposedly fund um, things and there's, there's just so much dirty stuff behind the Animal Justice Party that, that vegans don't want to know because, oh, he's out there doing good for animals. No, they're not. Yeah. Like, seriously. And and this is my, my criticism against animal, you know, Andy Medic in, in Victoria 
predominantly is that he'll he'll push oh you know you've got to join us because you know we can end kangaroo shooting and, and duck shooting in victoria well it looks like georgie purcell is going to get in in um, northern victoria well the chance is too late andy medic dan andrews was reliant on andy medic's vote for the last four years if he had had any brains about him, he would have turned around and said, yep, I'll support whatever you want as long as you stop kangaroo shooting and you stop duck shooting. Never did that. So, and, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, um, and every vegan needs to understand this, that every animal, every kangaroo that is killed in Victoria, every duck that is killed in Victoria and every duck shooting that happens from from two years ago onwards, that blood is on any medic's hands because he could have done something to stop it yet he chose not to because he just wanted to suck up to Dan Andrews and keep Dan Andrews looking good. So, you know, it, it's it's the thing. And apologies about the rant there, um, but, you know, as, no. as a vegan, that this is something that I am a little bit passionate about. Um, that being said, I am a shooter. I don't shoot animals. I shoot clay targets and, and bits of paper and everything like that. So I think that there is a lot to be answered for for that party and I just wish vegans were... Um, um, were able to think critically and wake up to how corrupt that party is and, and how much bullshit. I mean, um, Ben Schultz, the, the secretary of, and he was running as a candidate in, in the upper house in Victoria because he's just one of those perpetual polit- perpetual candidates like Chris Delforce and, and all the, and um, um, Bruce Poon. They're just perpetual candidates. They'll just keep running and running and running till they get in. Now he's turned around and he has preferenced the Shooting and Fishers Party above the Labor Party and the Liberal Party because he'd like the Shooters Fishers parties and they weren't a bunch of cookers and nutters. So the Animal Justice Party considers me to be a cooker despite me being vegan and have an understanding of, of giving animals equal consideration, considers me a cooker and a nutter because I wouldn't have an experimental therapeutic stuck in my arm. So, you know, this is how fucked everything is. And, and again, why I think anarchism is the way to go. Um, well, you know, so you know that my, a friend of mine, um, this was years and years ago when the Greens was first set up, um, she, because her, where she worked, she was in uni and her boss got her, and I think she actually won a spot on the council too. So she ran for the Greens um, for her boss's wishes because they needed a candidate. Um, and, 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 and the party was originally set up, the Greens, to go against the Labor government. Mm. Um, so that's, yeah, so she was involved in it sort of like initial um, stages and, yeah, that the party was set up. Um, to go against the Labor Party, and now it's just another branch of the Labor Party. So it's um, yeah, I mean, yeah. same as Reason Party. Like you know, the Reason Party was emerging of the Sex Party and Fusion or something like that. So they became Reason, and yet everything that they stand for, they've denied or they've ignored. With Fiona Patton being in the Legislative Council because she's just bent over for everything that the Labor government's wanted. And yeah. I don't care what comments you make about it, but that's the same thing. And I'll say the same thing about Andy Medic and, and um, Samantha Ratnam as well. They just did whatever the Labor Party wanted. And that's just absolutely disgusting. But anyway, um, I'll, I'll finish my rants there. I, I will leave those big rants for my own podcast so I can rant about it and not 
have you tarred with guilt by association or anything like that? Is <laughs> oh my god, you appeared on Cameron's podcast. Look at his extreme views. So I'm I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm not campaigning at the moment, yeah. Cam. So people have another four years to forget about it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't want to put you in in, in that situation of, of having to denounce my anti-vegan, you know, anti-animal justice party views or or pro-firearms views or anything bullshit like that. So I'm not going to put no. you in that situation. So. Um, you did want to do a bit of a hard segue into uh, talking about uh, the difference between running as a Senate candidate and running as an independent. Um, so let, let's talk about that, understanding that when you were in the Senate you were uh, one of three candidates running for a an established party. So what's the difference? I mean, obviously there, there are marked differences because you're looking at a bigger group that you're trying to get into for the Senate as opposed to a, a district, but yeah, just... Which one do you think was better? Did you learn anything from both of them? Um, and having said that, what what would you do differently? Let's say if you know if you're able to, and, and you you know life doesn't get in the way, and you don't get called to other things, um, and you do run as a as a independent candidate for Corinda in four years' time. Yeah. So I mean, I think I've still got to what I need to do now is. Um, I think next week, because Sarah, Sarah O'Donnell, um, the independent candidate for Morty Alec, my neighbouring electorate and myself, we're both local mums and, and small business owners. She has a swim school um, in Aspendale. We, um, yeah, we're going to sit down and have a meeting and look through everything, you know, start to finish um, at where we can make improvements. And you know what? I, I don't think it's a whole lot. Like I think it's just, you know, being a little bit more organised, you know, um, and we've got kind of the all the systems and templates now, you know, to keep developing on, you know, say maybe we overprinted or, you know, we didn't quite get the last letterbox drop out or, um, you know. So, yeah, I mean I think I think we, we made – pretty good foundations and and it just needs um you know we, we need to so I can't really give you any direct answers on that but but we need to um you know just even I, I did social media marketing you know kind of making sure that you know all the content I want to cover is already you know filmed edited ready to go and then you know during the campaign as things come up as they do you know I can always add to it but that the the bulk of my messaging's you know there and ready to go and um but all in all you know yeah it just kind of needs some um just some tightening up um and yeah you know because we're business owners so we sort of run it like a business and and that and it shows in our results, you know, like compared with um, sort of the results of running with a, a micro freedom party where um, they're just, and that's what Sarah and I saw from the last election, they're, they're, just, they're just completely off the mark mm. uh, with the way that they're, you know, marketing themselves. Um, and, it, and it shows in the results as well and, and you know, the way the organisations run. Um, you know, you, you're lucky to get with those kind of parties, you're lucky to scrape 4%, um, you know, and because and the kind of the thing is, you know, we're local mums and small business owners. We're not right-wing extremists. We're not Nazis. Are you sure? We're not racists. Are you sure? <laughs> Didn't you go to a protest where the gallows were, were floating around? 
Didn't you go to that protest? I wasn't at that one. No, I wasn't at Surely, that one. Surely, no, maybe you were. Maybe you knew someone that, that was there. So, no, are, are you sure? I did go. You know what was wild? You know, for about three weeks there was 24 hour a day, seven days a week protesting and it was like a rave party. Mm. Um, and it was like there was decks, DJs, you know, people up there with their, you know, drums and, um, yeah, you know, so one night after we'd had a few drinks, we all went up there and had, you know, a dance. It was the most. Nothing ever really... works out good after. Oh, we had a few drinks. <laughs> Nothing ever works out good after that. Next minute we're partying in Parliament. But it was such a bizarre feeling. Like, And, I mean, that was something that just wasn't shown on mainstream media, the fact that there was a rave outside of Parliament here for three weeks straight. Um so, uh, yeah, I don't know where that came from or where that was going. But, um, no, no, but, oh, um, you know. This, this is the thing. I mean, you know, just with the corrupt corporate press is that, you know, the, the corrupt corporate press isn't there to expand on the 20% who have the, let, let's say, for, for want of a better term, the, the freedom viewpoint. The, the corrupt corporate press is there to turn the um, fence-sitting or apathetic 60% into the other view. So they want to push them the other way. And that's that's the sole purpose of the corrupt corporate press. It's just to get those people to turn around and say, hey, you know what, you're a bunch of extremists. And um, going back, just to, to, to pause that, that where your train of thought for a minute, with um, Matthew Guy bowing down to, to Dan Andrews thing and, and refusing to allow any Liberal Party members to talk to his their constituents on the steps of Parliament because some idiot was driving around with a fucking gallows. Like, big deal. How many Labor protests, how many union protests over the years have been burning effigies of politicians, um, prime ministers, relevant ministers? And, and you know, what's worse, burning an effigy or, or someone driving around with gallows? Like, I mean, the fact, the fact that Matthew Guy even shook Dan Andrews' yeah. hand... Yeah. I mean, a real a real opposition leader would would not be shaking that man's hand. Yeah. Um, after everything that's sort of, you know, transpired here over the last few years. Um, but yeah, that's that's the thing, you know. We're we're just we're we're real people. We're mums. We're small business owners. Um, and the funny thing was, you know one of my volunteers, she's actually a drama school owner that just is another local mum just, you know, five minutes down the road from me and, you know, she had my signs up and letterbox dropped and, you know, stood on the poles for me and she popped around the other day, you know, and and she said, oh, you know, um, some of her neighbours who, you know, they, they're very like, you know, wear masks and, you know, followed all the rules and, you know, just extreme on on the virus side of things you know and came to her and said oh you know I think we're gonna like you know they started talking about the election and and it was yeah you know I'm I'm liking Caroline I think we're gonna be voting for Caroline you know and I I said to her well it was was like it was at pre-polls for me you know um you know people who you could tell was still you know frightened by the virus you know will come up to me and and you know and just grab my how to vote and say thank you for what you're doing so yeah it's it's interesting 
it's interesting, you know. Um, yeah, but that's um, it's all about um, like what what I really noticed from the federal election, what I what I took out from that, and then what you know Sarah and I have um, developed was I realised that people don't vote for policies. No, people have no idea about policies. People people just want want to vote for something that makes them feel good. Um, you know. I mean, what did the Teals campaign off? They campaigned off, you know, a couple of different words, integrity, mm. equality, mm. climate, you know, and, and you know, that's what Sarah and I did, you know. We, we want health and wellbeing, um, you know, accountability and transparency, you know, and that's that's what people want, you know. Um, I think the word, as soon as you use the word freedom, people just turn around and run the other way because they don't want to, I mean, maybe they're not up for acknowledging the fact that they were, you know, falsely imprisoned in their homes for 23 hours a day for two years straight. Um, There's a lot of trauma that's kind of, you know, the mental health that's come out of that as a result, um, you know, particularly in our youth and, yeah, so it's it's been good, you know. As business owners, we've we've run it like a business, and um, you know, yeah, it's been um, uh, you know, because I'm I'm the boss at my business, so I like being the boss, making all the decisions, and you know, and and then when things don't go quite right, well, you know, I've only got myself to blame. Um, no, in terms no, you can blame climate change, you can blame misogyny, you can blame um, all <laughs> sorts of other things. I mean, come on. No, I, I like account. I'm, I'm campaigning on accountability, so I'm I'm happy to say, oh yeah, you know, we could have done that a little bit better, or got the timings right with that, or um, that how to vote maybe um, was a bit crazy on the back. But um, yeah, it's all it's all good. It's all good. Mm. Mm. Okay, yeah. all right. Being mindful of the time um, before I jump on soapboxes and and go down different rabbit holes and all that sort of stuff. I, I think I might end it here <laughs> unless there's anything that, that you're game enough to talk about um, that, yeah, but, hey, I'm not going to put you in any situation. I'm not going to put you in any situation where you might have to disavow anything that was said four years down the track or, or three years down the track if you run uh, federally and, and all that sort of stuff. But um, No, uh, you know what? I will always stand up for what I believe in. I will always, you know, um, stand by what what I say, you know, and I mightn't be right. And if that comes, you know, if it comes a case with that, well, you know, we're, we're not all perfect. So all you have to do, which, um, you know, is desperately lacking in our political system is apologise mm. and say, hey, maybe I got that wrong. But, um, yeah, it's all good. All right. Um, thank you. Now, before we go, um, anywhere people can find you? Have you still got the, the normal social medias or are you changing that? Are you going to become, now that Elon's got Twitter, you're going to be, become more active on Twitter or, or stay with Facebook? I know. I'm so useless with Twitter. I'm just, um, I'm no good at Twitter. Um, oh, it's just a bit of a... You've got to get on there. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I enjoy it so much. It's not funny. Um, the, the highlights of my days when um, Peter Fitzsimons retweets something and does his dog whistle for his disciples to come and have a crack at me. Um, that just makes my day when he does that. 
Um, oh, I can't handle it. They do my head in, you uh, know, the, to- the tolerant left who, um, you know, <laughs> have, have nothing better to do with their day than just harass you on Twitter. It's like, oh, God, help. I actually got abused by a Labor volunteer um, on Election Day. He'd put his T-shirt on backwards to go or inside out to go in and vote. And um, he was standing in the line and he just started at me and was, like, just abusing me. And, you know, I I was kind of like, look, mate, like, I don't have to answer to you. Um, And, you know, and then he, you know, and I sort of just moved down the line, whatever, and and then he kept going and going. What was great was actually one of the men in the line, um, yeah, one of the men in the line turned around and said to him, he was like, yeah, he just, you know, got the big deep voice out of his belly and was like, how dare you speak to a woman like that? You know, we've heard enough of you. I suggest you close your mouth, turn around and just, you know. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, but that's the, um, you know, tolerant left yeah. um, for you. Yep. So, all right. Um We'll wrap it up there. Um, if you've got all the same socials, I'll um, post all that up uh, in the show notes. Uh, thank you. Again. Yeah, Caroline White, um, still um, independent candidate for Clorinda, but no doubt that'll change. Um, and I'll just go to Caroline White again, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Okay, I'll include all the links to that in the show notes. So um, thank you for appearing again and... Um, when when you calm down, let's have let's have a big rant about stuff unpolitical. Um, uh, sorry, outside of elections, I mean, um, because sadly everything that we talk about these days is political because it all ties into it somewhere. Um, but yeah, well, it's consuming our lives, isn't it? It's it controlling is controlling lives. So it yeah, is. it is. So yeah, I'd love to have a chat to you about other things. So we might have to um, get my people to your, talk to your people, and um, we'll see if we can tee well. something up. Sounds good, Cam. All Thanks right. so much, Ken. Too easy. Thanks a lot, Caroline, Take and um, good luck Chat for the future. Soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fifth Estate, the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of The Fifth Estate releases, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.